Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. You're with Paige and Amanda. So, man, I, before we get into all of this live drama, because I feel like the last week and a half have been surreal, crazy, and we had the RBC, there's so much to talk about, but I, I had a horror flying experience, and I need to vent about it because it was not okay, and I was flying east, and there was, like, weather. The plane ended up getting rerouted, but it was, like, a a three-and-a-half-hour flight. ended up turning into, like, a six-hour flight. Mm. But the guy next to me kept farting, and it was (gasps) so disgusting that I... Like, put my... I had a mask on because I'm still weird, and I just, like, wear my mask when I fly still. I was gagging, like, suffocating. Suffocating. That's disgusting. And the flight attendant kept having to, like, spray, like, air freshener in the cabin because it was... (gasps) so rancid and so disgusting like it was fun he had his food and then fell asleep and was just like letting loose <laughs> it went oh on God. for the remainder of the flight and this guy was just like farting the entire time and we finally landed and i was like hallelujah i can get off this plane i'm gagging like i am honestly about to pass out i, I can't see i can't breathe like everything all my senses are shutting down because of these disgusting farts <laughs> and we sit there lightning hits and the captain's like sorry guys we're stuck here so we're stuck for another two hours and this guy would not stop like you guys were taxiing in or were you like flying around in a circle Uh, no we were just like on the ground apparently if there's lightning within a five mile radius the whole 
the airport shuts down because they can't have people like coming in and out. So we were just sitting there and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's smart. There's lightning. Let's sit in this like that's vessel and like get hit by lightning. And the last thing before I die is I smell these like rancid farts. Like that's how I'm going to go out. That's how I'm going to die. And I swear like my clothes reeked. I, I like, it like seeped into right like now. my skin and my hair and my clothes. So I was sitting right next to him and it was horrible, horrible. The last like 30 minutes, I just like slowly started to cry because I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I could not breathe. That's disgusting. Yeah, I, when you said you had a horror flight story, I was like, oh no, like she must've like had one of like, you know, got the plane got struck by lightning or really bad turbulence or the, get, or the uh, air mask came down. No, some guy was farting next to you. Like, that's fucking disgusting. Like, honestly, granted, I'd rather have a guy farting next to me than a near-death experience on a plane, but I guess that's close enough if you can't breathe. It was so bad. So, I can't even describe the smell. It was the worst thing. He was, like, in his, like, late 40s, like, early 50s. Okay, because I was picturing, like, a 70-year-old, just kind of with no, like, sphincter, um power anymore you know <laughs> strength but yeah, he was sleeping and like his whole body would literally like airlift as he was like, <laughs> like was that's so, so bad gross it was so gross so i, I just i had to i had to i had to throw that in because i need to get it off my chest because it was really real i feel like i showered like four times after like i was like scrubbing myself like i just felt like i couldn't get the smell off me I'd- yeah that's disgusting yeah that was did he have like weekend. steak or something? Um, uh, uh, it was good. A lot. Uh, God, I watched a lot of the live. Like we watched a lot of it on Twitch, which was a lot of fun. Um, and it was it was a lot of live. Like by Saturday afternoon, I like don't. I was like, I'm done. I don't need to watch any more golf. Like I pro- I think I streamed probably like 15 hours just like watching live, and it was a lot. It was a lot. But Rory won, so that ended up making my weekend better. Um, but other than that, I like didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there wasn't much to do because of all of the golf drama. Um, this is the first time in a very long time that there has been so much to talk about and Tiger is not even a part of the conversation either. You know, normally when we have like these huge big golf discussions and there's a lot of, uh, drama going on, Tiger is at the epicenter of all of it and he really wasn't. So that has been, you know, a a very interesting dynamic besides the fact that he became a billionaire without playing live. And they even reported that the live tour, uh, I've heard numbers from 500 million to a billion dollars that they offered Tiger to play, which is just unbelievable. But what something that was really interesting that the Live Tour did is that they streamed on YouTube. When I don't mm-hmm. remember if you recall, a couple a month ago, maybe two months ago, we were talking about this and we said that if the Live Tour was going to do this, they should stream through YouTube. So yeah, once again, men just stealing our ideas. I know, <laughs> but was and that's the thing, like. They, I was like, they're, you know, we knew they weren't going to get a TV deal and like they were going to have to do something like that. Now, I thought they were going to end up streaming through like Bryson's account. Now, I could totally see them doing that, but they didn't. Um, I want to say they had like around 100, like 70, 60 to 100,000 viewers, like concurrently, whatever, during the three days. I think that it was just a lot of like interest, right? Like people just wanted to see what was happening. But I can guarantee you that no one was watching it for the golf. Like I watch golf because I love golf and I love the players and I love everything about it. 
But, like, I was bored watching it. Like, other than just the spectacle that is the Live Golf Tour, it wasn't good golf. Like, I think there were only, like, six guys under par or something. Like, ridiculous. Andy Ogletree finished at 24 over for three freaking days. Like, yeah. there was not good golf being played. And, and like, how much Charles did he make? 120000 Yeah. Like, and the thing is, it's like someone tweeted me and was like, oh, no wonder why Andy had been whining about not getting, like, corn fairy starts. And I didn't even know about that. And I was like, yeah, probably because he fucking sucks. Like, and okay, he doesn't suck, but I don't think professional golf is for him. Like, if you're going out there and, like, if you're the U.S. Amateur, reigning U.S. Amateur, and you can't get exemptions into, like, corn fairy tour stuff after being the low amateur at the Masters and stuff and, like... He seems like a smart kid. Like, I feel like he's going to do really good things in business because he ain't sticking around in golf for that long. Like, I I have a conspiracy theory that he said, I suck at professional golf. I'm going to do the live thing, play like whatever, the eight tournaments or five tournaments, make a few million, turn that around, go in, put it in the stock market, take it out before it crashes in the next year or so. And like make off like a fucking bandit like that would be the smartest thing for him to do like there is no way that he can logically think that he can continue to play professional golf if in a live event he's shooting 24 over well well, not only that where it's like where is he gonna go after this too you start your career on live i mean if you're dustin or if you're phil you at least have some type of legacy and Mm -hmm. you've proven yourself and you you've played years and years and years on the pga tour Mm -hmm. i think that uh, fills out but like dj could potentially who knows what's going to happen with that and he even mentioned that he's like i'm only playing here for now which was really interesting that he said that in his press conference for now the next four years (laughs) exactly but you start your career out on live it's really hard to transition it's like you start your career you're stuck there that's kind of that's it like that's all you can do and it's like this is the decision you made now you got to live with it and like (laughs) you're yeah you live with it like your career is kind of like done over because i don't see much they don't have a business plan they don't and that's that see that's the thing it's that it's the fact that it's like they're literally playing for the government of saudi arabia like they're not just playing for aramco which is a saudi arabian company they're literally playing for the government of saudi arabia and that's the issue. So when people say like, oh, but the PGA Tour is tours to, uh, so ties to China. Yeah, but is Xi Jinping like profiting, personally profiting? I mean, maybe he is. I don't know enough about it. But to me, I'm like, I don't think that the Chinese government is like trying to sport watch people via the PJ Tour China. Who fucking watches PJ Tour China? No one because it's nowhere. Like the only player that I, I can name and say for sure played on PJ Tour China is Callum Terran. That is like the only player. Like that's the thing. Like no one's gonna I don't know. It's just and the thing that pisses me off, and I'm just going on tangents, is that these guys are getting paid so much money to play like shit. Like, yeah. that's the thing that bothers me. Like, if they all went out there and maybe they maybe just set the courses up easier. We can't tell on TV. Like, we probably, you know, don't set it up too easy, but set it up easy enough that you have guys that might actually shoot a 62 or something. It just wasn't good golf to watch. I think there was a stark difference between the Live Tour and the RBC, the PGA Tour tournament. Oh, my God. Yeah. You saw these guys. It was the best scenario for the PGA Tour to have Rory win and have JT and Mm -hmm. Tony, all these really great guys in the mix who have been really strong advocates and very outspoken for the PGA Tour. But it comes down to one thing where it's, I I think I mentioned this before, there's the glory players and then there's the soul players. And Mm -hmm. at some level, you need to have 
what makes sports so great is the passion, is having heart, is having like the failures and these, you know, just the emotion behind winning and losing. And that tournament with the fans running up, there's so much heart and soul with those guys mm -hmm. on the PGA Tour. They're playing for, when we're talking about like a bigger purpose, they're playing to win. They're playing not just for the money, but because they want to rack up these wins. They want to do it mm -hmm. for themselves because they love the game so much. And you see that on the PGA Tour, this passion that's mm -hmm. fueling this tour right now. And then you look at the Lyft Tour and they're fueled by money by greed, by yeah. there's no underlying storyline there that makes you want to root for these guys. And it's really right. interesting to see the people who are staying at the PGA Tour and who are outspoken and really being an advocate for them compared to the guys who are on the Lyft Tour. Most of the guys are on, that are on that tour, I've had a really poor interaction with them. There's really? either a story that I have between behind them or I've heard really negative things about them. Hmm. Or you can even see like, um, besides DJ, I've always had like good interactions with DJ. I was going to say, I've always had good interactions with DJ. Yeah, I, I, DJ just doesn't give a shit. He didn't even care when he yeah. was playing on the PGA Tour. I think he's just an outlier in the situation. But look yeah. at Bryson and Patrick and even like mm -hmm. Pat Perez. It's like they don't. Kevin Na. Kevin Na. They don't care. They don't. They just, just want to make money and they're not well liked I, besides Pat Perez. And I mean, now I was going to say Phil Mickelson, but not so much. And even <laughs> Dustin Johnson, I wouldn't say any of them are fan favorites. They're not a, a, a Rory. Like people love Rory. He is yeah. universally loved and you could just see the difference where it's like, how can I get behind? Let's just take everything else out of it. How can I get behind these guys who don't care? Why do I want to watch people play when they don't have a passion for what they're doing? You want to see that's what makes sports so incredible is that passion. And there's none of that mm -hmm. on that tour. None of it. Yeah, I agree. And no matter how much pageantry and whatever pomp and whatever they try to put behind it, it's just, it's not the PGA Tour. And, you know, they five of the top 10 players in the world there this week at RBC. And, like, that's great. They haven't had the event since 2019. Rory won it that year, right? Rory, yeah. like, won it back to back. So it's kind of funny. And um, I don't know. I just think that the success of RBC this week was really important. And I'm really happy that it was successful. Because I was worried that it really would be overshadowed by Liv. Like, if Rory hadn't won, and say Wyndham Clark had won this week, and that's not a knock on Wyndham Clark. I'm And I'm really happy he qualified for the Open Championship along with Keith Mitchell. But, like, if Wyndham Clark had won this week, it just would have been different, you know? Like, it just, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have had the same, like, effect. Kind of, like, up yours, Liv kind of effect. I don't know. Am I wrong? I, no, I think you're 100% right. Like I said, it was the perfect combination of players fighting back and forth down the stretch with JT and Rory and just, you know, like mm. I said, the fans coming up, the whole thing was absolutely perfect. And Rory's post win interview where he shaded Greg Norman saying that he has <laughs> so one good. more win now at 21, um, which was a shot directly at Greg Norman. And I think that this might be the spark that Rory needed. I think that yeah, I he so. was kind of struggling with 
what he was playing for. I mean, he did have all this money and he you know, started his family. It's like he had everything. And it feels like he's really thriving off of this, these controversies. And yeah. he, he's not shying away from it. He's getting in the mud. He's mixing it up. He's being super shady. And it seems like he <laughs> has this fire now underneath him, but he didn't really have before. And you can just see it in his eyes and, and, and the passion when he talks. And it's it's exciting. Yeah, I think I think Rory is a wonderful, I guess, is torchbearer the word? Like, pers- like he's just, he's a good person to lead the tour. You know, he's a good person to have on the pack. He's a good person to have in the game of golf in general. And I just think he's someone like I, you know, you know, I've said this before on the pod and I've said it, you know, j- just in general, like athletes really just shouldn't be, you know, role models, especially a lot of athletes that come from disadvantaged backgrounds. Like, they do what they can, but there's just going to be people that aren't given the same advantages early on in life, and that's going to affect them later. And it's it's sad, and like that's just I mean that's just how it is. But Rory is one of those people that you're like, you know what? He could be a role model, right? Because like you're almost like I don't want to put that pressure on him, but like he's kind of made himself that because he just he says what he's thinking, and a lot of the time what he's thinking is kind of like on the side of history that's going to be remembered well. I definitely agree with that. Um... All of the interviews, even before the press conferences, before the tournament, they were saying all the right things. They just seemed very poised, um, prepared, and ready for this challenge compared to the live players with their press conference who seemed very unprepared, didn't know how to answer any of these questions. And mm. I thought that Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, did a really, really good job when Me he too. was on the RBC pod or the. Um, um oh my god my brain yeah telecast (laughs) when he was in the booth with jim nance my brain just completely like shut down (laughs) it was like what are you doing (laughs) yes exactly what amanda said and he was asked some very difficult questions like they were not throwing him softball questions and i thought he handled it really well i was surprised that people were shitting on him on twitter when he did a great job but he's put in a really difficult position it was funny because they're like Where's Jay? What's Jay going to say? What press release are they going to put out? They need to put one out. What is he doing? He puts one out, which I thought was, it was good. And everyone's like, I can't believe they put it out. It's like, they can't, they can't win. They can't win. No, they can't win. And I don't think there was anything that he said that I would have wanted more. I thought he answered everything. Um, He did it in a very stern tone. And people were like, he looks bitter. I'm like, I don't think he looks bitter. I think he seems confident. And he asserted himself. And he was like, we're not letting these traders and these freeloaders take advantage of us. And he literally flat out said that. And um, this is is a fight. And we're just going to keep moving forward and progressing. And I thought he did a good job. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. And you know, a lot of people were like, he could have at least smiled. And it's like, do you understand that this man has probably not slept in a month? Like, this man has worked his... Like, he has not slept. He has probably been on the phone 24-7 with lawyers and PR people and just everything. Like, he is bearing the brunt of... All, he is bearing the brunt of $2 billion, right? That is an existential threat to the PGA Tour, as we know it. And... You know, there are a lot of things that need to change on the tour, but at the end of the day, Jay Monahan did what he needed to do. He got up, he said the right things. He he was, you're right, he was stern. Like, I don't know why people were so upset about that unless you're some bot account for Liv. Like, there's really no reason. Like, some of the things, like, people were commenting about it, and I was like, you were, like, and I would look, and it'd be like, June 2020, 2022, May 2022 created. I'm like, hmm. Interesting, hmm. yeah. 
go home, Greg, you're drunk. Like, I don't, like, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's, he did a good job. He said what he needed to say. And the thing is that people might not realize about Jay Monahan is that Jay Monahan is very, very well liked, very well respected, um, very appreciated on the PGA Tour. The caddies love him. The players love him. He knows people of the media. He knows the caddies by name. Like, he's a good dude. And a lot of the reason that they are in the, predicament that they're in now is because of Tim Fincham. And a lot of this goes back to beef between Tim Fincham, the previous commissioner, and um, Greg Norman. And a lot of these, like, things of why the PGA Tour kind of needs to change is because of Tim Fincham. Like, this really, like, Stalin's Kremlin-y, like, culture there. And I think... I don't think Jay Monahan's going to be the guy to change it, but I think he he's going to be the guy that kind of paves the way for a little bit of change. I would agree with that. So... I didn't tune in for any of the live streaming. How was day one? You said um, it was around, <laughs> people were saying it was around like 100,000 people at one point. How was each day? Did it get, just tell, tell the viewers, because I don't think a lot of people actually viewed in. Tell the people <laughs> listening right now what it was like and how, yeah. I mean, who was commenting. I mean, all of that. I really didn't pay attention t- to any of it. Yeah, so I ended up streaming it um, on my Twitch. I don't know if I was even allowed to do that, but I was. A lot of people were like, "I don't want to give them views." I'm like, "That's fine, give me the views." So a lot of people like actually came in and watched it on my channel, and it was really hard to watch. So the first day, they kept saying, "Don't blink," and trust me, there was no blinking because there were so many golf shots to be seen. And one of my chatters said something. He said something like, um, "This feels more like watching golf shots instead of watching people play golf." And I was like, that's a great way to think about it because it really was. It was just shots and shots and shots, but it wasn't like, okay, I got to play this. Okay, we want to play. Like, you know, it just wasn't like any really conversation between caddies and players. You really kind of didn't know what was going on. Like, I would look away and, you know, go to read my Twitch chat. And the next thing I knew, it was three players later. And the score, there was a scoreboard on the side that with all the logos and stuff and the names were abbreviated to look just ridiculous like it made no sense there were since there were no country flags next to it you couldn't even really figure out who anyone was like if it was a random name it Um, it felt like they're trying to make it like f1 from like the leaderboard that i saw um but there was no leaderboards anywhere i couldn't find it online yes so that's the thing so everyone kind of was like where's the leaderboard i'm like i don't know I, i have no idea it turns out thursday night live tour didn't even like didn't even know they needed a leaderboard like they didn't even put the leaderboard in until like thursday night so friday saturday there was you know there was a leaderboard but there was the leaderboard on the side that would count down the holes. So it'd be like 16 to play, 15 to play, whatever. And it kept moving. And it was a lot like F1 and NASCAR, people were saying. Like, I don't watch a lot of that, but I have seen that with NASCAR. So it was, it was just, there was just a lot going on. It was a lot of golf. Like, it was almost like manic. Like, it was like, you kind of need to calm down. Um, but, like, other than that, uh, the camera quality, like, it just, it wasn't, a great production i'll be honest and then they kept throwing in these like random pre-made packages and one of them was like chase kepka definitely at a nicholas property like (laughs) doing his thing and you know i want to make a name for myself like listen chase kepka you're 100 not going to make a name for yourself going to live tour when we know brooks is probably going to be following in like two weeks so it's like i don't know the, the packages were ridiculous they couldn't spell taylor gooch's name correctly they're just there was a lot of issues like they need to maybe invest some of that uh, Saudi oil money into a graphic designer and maybe I don't know there's a lot of people that got fired from Golf Channel a few years ago maybe go poach some of them like maybe hire them to do something they might know what's going on because Lib clearly didn't how do you feel about Charles Schwartzel saying that when he won he won four million dollars and they asked him about it and he said I never really would pay attention from where my money was coming from before and I don't care about it now I 
get that. I mean, I'll be honest, like, they never had to worry about it because they've never taken money from a blood regime. Granted, um... So I get that. But at the same time, Charles Schwartz probably isn't wondering where all of his money is coming from because he hasn't been making a lot in the last few years. And that's not a diss at him. It's really not a diss. That's just facts. Like, that's that's just facts. So I think for him to make that five mil was huge, and he definitely needed it. Um, but I think that that's kind of ridiculous that these guys, like, just don't understand. Like, if someone would just fucking say... I need money, dude. Like, if I'm, I'm going to make more money this year here, you know, playing live tour in the eight events than I would next five years on the PGA Tour. I'm in my 40s. I don't really want to play anymore. I'm going to take the money. You know, I, I want the money. I don't care where it comes from. I just want the money. But no one's saying that. People are saying that they're trying to, like, change, you know, give golf PGA players their freedoms and all this stuff. And it's like... No, like that's not at all what it's about. Like being an independent contractor, like if you were really an independent contractor, you'd be allowed to still play the PJ Tour, right? Well, you're not. So you're clearly not. You can literally only play live. Well, and it's interesting too, because the, everyone's like, well, they're, they're essentially exhibition matches, right? And so why don't they try to do something a little bit different to mix the format up since they're all for progression of the game? Let's do a, a, a mixed event where you have men and women competing and yeah. women can play for that amount of money. But why is that not happening? Because they don't give a fuck about the progression of the game. <laughs> like, they they don't. don't. They're literally trying. And that's the thing. And when people go, but they're not making any money. And I was one of those people that's like, how are they going to do this? Like, someone's going to be mad they're not getting any money. But the more I read about it, the more I was like, oh, they really don't care. This is all part of Vision 2030. Like, this is all some, you know, by the Saudi government. They're running out of oil. They got to do, like, what UAE did. UAE ran out of oil. So they have this huge tourism industry. Like, I... Saudi Arabia's going to run out of oil, too. I mean, they never tell you that. But there's no other reason for them to want to grow the tourism industry if um, their oil and stuff isn't going well. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... I don't know. There's a lot going on. Like, Saudi Arabia is a very closed-off country. So why, why would anyone think that they really genuinely want to grow anything for any kind of benevolent reason? Yeah. Don't try to, like, turn this around. Uh, spin it into something that it's not. Yeah. And I think that's something. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of mentioned that uh, last week when all these press releases were coming out. And it's like, well, it's for the progression of the game. It's like, no, it's not. You it's keep trying yeah. to make this into something that it's not. And I think if they actually really leaned into what it is, it would be a little bit more successful. And people would probably not have, like... At least some people would probably be like, okay, like at least they're being honest about why they're there and why they're playing, mm -hmm. but they're just not. And I think it really, again, goes back to what I said, just really came through from like the few things that I did see on social media where th there's no heart in it. They don't have any passion for what they're doing. And I don't think any of them are really buying into it, except for probably Phil Mickelson, who looks like he was <laughs> like, what the fuck was up with Phil Mickelson? Those, he looks like those he pictures looks like of him. Oh, the eyes. The I don't eyes. know. I mean, he literally took that don't blink thing to heart. But then he also showed up looking like a guy that just got divorced, maybe had some sexual harassment lawsuit against him, has been drinking Jim Beam nonstop. Like he didn't like he didn't even shave like your hair and your beard don't match. Like shave it or dye the beard. You got to do one or the other. Like he looked awful. Oh, and then speaking of looking at Phil, the first day page, I don't know if you saw this, but he had on an Augusta pullover, like a vest that with the with the Augusta logo on it, that was clearly like colored in with Sharpie. 
like blacked out, right? So you, like it, they don't sell like black clothing no. with black logos. It's a white logo or green logo or whatever. He obviously took the Sharpie and then by like the ninth hole, it was turned inside out. So I don't know. I don't know what the hell he was trying to do, but he had a lot going on between Augusta wear, um, disheveled old man look. I've just done like three lines of, um, you know what, like with the eyes. I don't know. It just, it was a lot. It was a lot. And (laughs) it just seems fake at this point, to be honest. Like it just doesn't even seem real. It's like you have, you could hire the smartest people in digital media and traditional media, whatever, how is it this poorly done? And I think it's really sad because some of their ideas aren't bad. I love the fact that they stream through YouTube. I think that Mm -hmm. having team events is not a terrible idea. I think that there are certain things that they they are doing that the PGA Tour could pick up and it could really enhance the viewing experience. But because it's done through live, I, I think that that's going to be completely thrown out, which is really upsetting to me because it's like, this is actually hurting the progression of golf, I think. I think because we're seeing people do something that is different and I'm all for that, but we can't come out and say like, we like this or we like that. And it's also done so poorly that I don't even think that the tour will look at this and be like, that was a success. People want that because it's just not a good representation of streaming through YouTube or doing things that are different. They had like a concert, like the food, they're really trying to make it into an experience, which is something that I've talked about a lot where to get more people into the game of golf, you need to make it more than just golf because people don't want to come and just watch golf. They want to be there for entertainment value. And I think there are certain aspects of the live tour that are doing it correctly, but because it's them, Mm. it's never going to be done again, or people are going just to shit on it right away that it's never going to be done. And that's going to hurt the progression of golf. Yeah, I agree. I just think the whole thing is just so weird. Like how wrong were we, right? Like every, like everyone's like, you know, it's not gonna happen, it's not gonna happen. But it turns out everyone knew it was gonna happen. Everyone who's telling us it's not gonna happen knew it was gonna happen. And it's like, why? Just just, just be honest. Just be like, yeah, this is a legitimate threat. Like don't, don't act like, oh, it's dead in the water. Like even Rory, I mean, maybe Rory genuinely believed it wasn't gonna happen. But I, just, I don't know. Like, even he was like, yeah, it's the worst business plan I've ever seen. None of this is going to happen. It's dead in the water. Like, I don't know. Do you see them actually being competition for the PGA Tour? I think it could cause an issue on the PGA Tour if there is an ex, like a mass exodus of top 100, top 50 players. Um, because it is, you know, it just looks like really easy money. And, and, and that's, that's the issue is that you don't really have to work for it. You're guaranteed to get paid. You know, every week you show up on the PGA Tour, you're not guaranteed a paycheck. But every week on Live, you are. So I think it could hurt the tour. But at the same time, like, none of that is, like, realistic. Like, why would you pay people to play mediocre golf and pay them more than the people that are playing well? You know, and that's what I don't get. That's the thing that bothers me the most is that there's just, there's no pressure. I think we've seen the top players that are going to go over. I don't think we're going to have any more big surprises. Do you? I'm worried we are because everyone keeps throwing around Ricky's name, HV3, um, Bubba. I mean, not that we really care about Bubba, but you know, like, yeah, I guess those aren't, I mean, I guess Ricky's not as big of a name as he used to be. Um, but like, that's someone that has, is so well respected on the PJ tour and is known as one of the really nice guys that you would hope that like he plays because he loves the game, 
You know, like you would hope he'd be more in the Justin Thomas kind of school of thought. But I think like there is an issue. Like ha- it wouldn't surprise me if Will's out Torres went over there. Like at all. Just because like he still doesn't want PJ Tour. He's made a lot of money, but like he hasn't won a PJ Tour yet. Yeah, and it just he's wouldn't. overrated and he can't win on tour. Yes, exactly. But you know, and that's the thing. Like there are players that it just wouldn't surprise me. But then again, you you know, you see the Instagram comments from February that Pat Perez made where he was like, where someone's like, oh, are you going to take the Saudi money? And he's like, F no, like, I'm not taking that. So it's like, oh, that's really funny because Wayne Gretzky came around and tried to give you like $3 and you just jumped right up and down. Like, can we talk about that 10 million compared to everyone else's like in the hundred millions and Pat Perez is like, I got 10 million. And his wife's like, it's going to be iconic. And you're just like, both of you need muzzles. Get the fuck out of here. Like y'all idiots. That was crazy that she released the news that Pat Perez was going to the Live Tour Who on her Instagram account, on her Instagram stories, and then the next day put up another set of stories and was outraged that people were commenting on her stories as if that wasn't a huge news but- break. Like, you're, of course, going to get negative comments if you release news like that on your personal Instagram account when it was not reported at all before that. I know, and that the best part is that is how she starts off like the video with my Instagram is not for you to look at and enjoy yourself too. And I was like, who's jerking off? What? What? Like nobody, literally nobody, Satan, that lady, don't jerk off to me. It's like, I don't think anyone was doing that because we've all seen pictures of you before. They were scary. Pictures of you after, still really scary. Like, no one is uh, jerking off to your pictures, sweetie pie. Like, I don't even think a res wants to jerk off to her pictures. Like, you're about to be blocked. (laughs) As she said, anyone who says anything negative, you will be blocked. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy yourself. And then the, it's gonna be iconic. Really? She's just excited. I don't know. Ugh. Wait, she like what a way to enter a fucking room. Like usually people say hi, not don't jerk off to my pictures, you know? <laughs> the whole thing was so bizarre and uh, but again it's like I'm not I'm not surprised that he's going. Like there are certain players oh, that I think are going to go and it's like but I don't I don't care. I'm not like tuning in to watch Patrick Reed even though I'm a stand for Justine. Like I just don't <laughs> I'm not going to tune in and even like with Bryson he was constantly in the news always a storyline but then when he got injured he wasn't playing and he hasn't been playing that well so we haven't been you know like talking about him i haven't missed him no same with ricky fowler he's not like playing that well it's not like i'm thinking like man i really really wish i could see some ricky fowler right now on tv i just do i mean i just think ricky's just such a good dude and like you know, I'm buddies with this caddy and stuff. So like I want them to, you know, do well. And even if Ricky does go to live, I won't hate him. But <sighs> that's going to be, to me, the most surprising move because he's making so much money off of his endorsements. And he works with Rocket Mortgage. And we saw that Bryson also was working mm-hmm. with Rocket Mortgage and they dropped him immediately. So Ricky would lose the rocket mortgage deal i'm sure and probably a couple others and so i really don't think ricky is hurting for money so to me that Mm. would be a really surprising move especially since the tour has put so many resources into promoting him into building his brand to what it is and i just that i don't i don't see the benefit of him going over there yeah like he's not making a lot of money through his play but 
that really hasn't yeah, been the reason why people like Ricky. It's, it's not like he's ever been at that top echelon of player. Like he's not, he's won a major. He only had like one or two years where he had like multiple wins. So it's not like he was ever like yeah. dominating or one of the top, top players in the world. People liked him because of his personality and his image and that he's cool and all of these other things, which brought him all the endorsement deals. Why, why go the live tour? It, that to yeah. me makes no sense. No sense. I think, I wonder if part of it's like an ego thing, right? Like all the guys that have gone under, over to live haven't played well either this season or like the last two seasons. So it makes me wonder if it's like they just like need a boost or something, some kind of like confidence builder. I don't know. But it's like, and then you look at Ricky, right? Ricky didn't qualify again for the US Open, which fucking sucks. Like, you know, we want to see him there. It's a big event this week. We're going to see the players from live there. But how long are we going to see these players at majors if there's no world ranking points until the, you know, the live, I I think they want to go through Asian tour to try to buy their way into the world official world golf rankings, which I really hope that doesn't happen. But like, you know, these guys think like, oh, I can still play the majors. Yeah, you can still play the majors while you're top 100 in the world, but that's not going to last long. So uh, I, I missed this remark. So Jay Monahan said that the PGA Championship or PGA of America had a very strong stance on what they're doing. Have they come out and put a statement if they were going to allow players? Did he mean the USGA? I was really confused when he said that in I, his interview. Yeah, I was too. I... I think maybe he did mean the USGA because the PJ. I mean, that's like they haven't said anything about that. Thing. Yeah, they haven't said anything. Masters hasn't said anything. Even the RNA hasn't said anything. Well, the RNA will definitely allow it. I'm sure. Um, I don't think that yeah. they would not allow it. I think the USGA had to um, just because it was almost like a, a last minute thing. I think they would have had yeah. a ton of blowback if they didn't allow the live players to Agreed. be in. And I thought their statement made a lot of sense too. You know, it just, I get it. I don't think that Augusta is going to allow it, to be honest. Um, mm. And we'll see about the PGA. I, I thought that maybe Jay said that because remember the PGA of America put out a statement saying that Phil is welcomed. So maybe that's what he was referring to. Mm. Like that is the stance that he made. They, they made, but that doesn't support Jay Monahan. So I that whole thing was a little bit confusing to me. I didn't know if you had any insight there. Yeah, no, I I agree because I was like, I don't know, I don't because I I was curious too when he said that I was I was like maybe he's talking about the Ryder Cup in the future. Like I genuinely didn't know what he was talking about, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think this week at the U.S. Open is just going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Like Phil's press conference, he's, you know, he's, right now we're recording this on Monday morning. His press conference is in a few hours. So by the time this is released, you know, we'll have watched it and stuff. But I'm like really excited about that. I'm curious how many questions he's going to, you know, try not to take. You know, Alan Shipnuck's going to be there front row, like ready to ask questions. And, you know, I can't wait for it. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. U.S. Open is going to be incredible. I mean, with all of the drama that's going on, I can't imagine being one of those players coming in and just the isolation you're probably going to feel among the other players. Um, And in Boston with Boston fans, like, (laughs) hell no. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know much about the golf course, do you? It's So Brookline's like a very old traditional course. They've had a lot of U.S. Opens. I want to say, like, Francis Met or something won there, like, long-ass time ago. Like, it's just one of those really, like, northeast classic courses. You have to hit the ball straight. You have to be able to, you know, hit greens and be within a decent proximity. Now, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Amateur there. Is it 2016, 2017? Whatever year he won that, um, was at that course. And this is the a kind of course that I love Matt Fitzpatrick at. So I really like Matt Fitz this week. Uh, Matty I think Fitz. He could, He's going to let us down yeah. once again, though. I feel like Isn't there's so he, many golf. Even at the RBC, I was like, this is Maddie's week. And then, of course, didn't get it done. But it's like, there's certain players that just pull you in week after week. And he's one of them. And it's like, I I want to root for him. And I want him to get it done. But I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just, I feel like he's, like, his game is, like, like, he's at, like, a really, like, he's kind of, like, ready to take the lead in the race like nose to nose and he's like ready to kind of pull away from the pack and I feel like this could be a really good week for him because of all the you know ball striker requirements he has fabulous memories here right you know he's one of you he won a U.S. amateur here so he played what was it I guess six rounds because it's how many rounds of match play it's two qualifying so you can do two practice rounds two qualifiers so that's four plus another four or five or is it six I think so it's, I mean he's I think it's four plus the 36 so five Okay, so he's literally played so many rounds of golf at this course, and he's played those rounds of golf so well. He's coming into it playing well. I think Rory's going to have more of an issue winning this week just because he won last week than a guy like Fitz, who was, you know, at the front of the pack for a while, and then, you know, on Sunday, kind of Saturday, Sunday, kind of slipped back a little bit. So I do like Matt Fitz this week. I sort of like Cameron Smith, but who are, who are your picks for Brookline? <sighs> I was talking to my friend Dan this morning, and every week we just kind of talk over certain players that we like. We were both stumped, to be honest. Really? I mean, we were talking about Cameron Smith. We were talking about um, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick. We were talking about potentially Rory, JT, the bigger names. 
But it's like, I feel like every time we, we overcomplicate it and we'll pick players that, you know, it's like, of course, like Rory's playing well, this course fits him, but he won last mm. week. So it's like, I don't know about that. Same with like yeah. JT, his game's trending, but can he win two, you know, majors in a row? Yeah. Um, Billy Horschel, he's also trending in a good in a good mm. position, but it's like he hasn't won a major. That's a big step. Same with uh, Max Homa. He plays well in really difficult mm-hmm. golf courses. Um, he also is trending in the right direction, but hasn't won a major. So there's like... There's these guys that are like in it, and then there's like one big factor that it's like kind of holding yeah. me back. But again, it's like Matt Fitzpatrick seems like a really good fit. The fact that he's won there, having good memories on a golf course is mm-hmm. so incredibly valuable. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. There are just certain golf courses that just fit your eye and you have confidence on, and you will always play mm-hmm. well. And that's a huge factor. But you looked at the PGA Championship and he completely fell apart on the final yeah. round. So it's like he can get himself in those positions, but it's finishing that's, you know, the yeah. issue for him. Or, you know, someone like a, a Victor Hovland, he has the game, but a short game's not good enough to win in a major. So mm-hmm. John Rahm, you would think that he should be playing well, but he only won once this year against a super weak field. So there's not one yeah. player that's like really jumping out ahead of the field. And it's like, that's our guy this week. No, I agree. But I feel like Matt Fitz, like I said, like after he kind of collapsed on Sunday at the PGA Championship, like I didn't expect him to do that because I thought he'd kind of already been in those positions and I thought that would like make him a better player for it. But I really think that he's going to be more prepared going into the U.S. Open at Brookline after the Sunday that he had in uh, at the PGA Championship. Yeah. And, and, and his ca- uh, his caddy, Billy Foster, fucking legend on tour. <laughs> he's caddy for Seve, caddy for, you know, Lee Westwood. Like, he's caddy for everyone. And I think having that, that like, um, I don't want to say like support or I don't know what the word is, but just having him on the bag, I think is going to do fits even like more better, you know, being back at Brookline and having someone like that on the bag that, you know, and, and I don't know. I just, I think it's going to be a good week for Fitz, but I do love Matt Fitz. So. People don't realize how important it is to have a knowledgeable caddy. I think that they tend to get overlooked at times. And I will say that one thing that the Live Tour did really well, and I saw you talk about this, Mm -hmm. is that they are valuing the caddies by giving them, you know, better accommodations. And that's something that Mm -hmm. I hope, like, can continue on the PGA Tour where they almost get equal treatment because they are, it's a team. they, They can't get it done on their own. No, I agree, and that, and that, but but that's an interesting point because Rory is kind of known for just having whoever the fuck he wants on the bag, like at least after JP, you know, because he's had Harry, had Harry on the bag, and then he won this weekend with his buddy, who he actually tied for fourth in Dubai in 2019 with. So he has like really good karma with I think Niall Mick something is his name or Niall someone, but um. So what do you do with that? Because that was really interesting. So. Yeah, that's an outlier. I really believe that's an outlier. Rory's caddy wasn't available to caddy that week. He had a baby. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was, it was baby or wedding. I wasn't sure which one, but yeah, it was kind of weird. They were kind of baby. It was. About I it. think it might have been baby. I heard him say baby. Baby. Okay, that. so he had a baby, and so Rory wins without his caddy that he normally has on the bag. Do you keep? The caddy that you won with going into the U.S. Open, or do you go back to your other caddy? No, I think you go back to Harry, because I think that the dynamic is probably going to be really similar, because they're, you know, Harry and he are really, really good friends from growing up. I think he and this Niall guy are good friends from growing up. So Rory just kind of wants a caddy to show up and shut up. And Harry is like really good at that. Cause I'll be honest, Harry could probably not caddy for anyone else on tour. And I think Harry's a really nice guy, but he just doesn't, 
he's he's not a caddy. Like he doesn't he's not a professional caddy. He doesn't really you if you observe Harry doing things and then other caddies, you can like you're like okay yeah he does things a little different. Oh Harry just got in trouble again for doing something he wasn't supposed to. Got it. Like um, so no, I think you just go back to Harry. Like I think I don't think for Rory it matters who's on the bag as much. But I would like to see him go back to someone like a JP or even he was like a Billy Foster would be amazing. I was going to say that. Do you think that if Rory had a, I wouldn't say, I don't want to say experience, but a different type of caddy. Um, a professional that, caddy. Yeah. A, yeah. That he would be playing better. And because there are times with Rory where it's like, it seems a little bit mental with him. And it seems yeah. like the players who are a little bit more on that side need a caddy to really bring them back. And at times we see see Rory tend to miss a short putt then spiral which I'm surprised he didn't yeah. do at the RBC because he was missing a, a bunch of uh, short putts he he did on that one hole remember he missed the the short putt for par and then he like snap hooked his yep. drive 230 yards and I was like oh hello darkness yeah. my old friend this is the Rory we know and yeah love. but then JT fell apart which kind of gave Rory a little bit of breathing room I think if JT yeah. put some more pressure on him who knows what would have happened agree but that goes back to it's like what if he had someone like a bones on on his bag, would he then be able to take one mistake and not turn it into several? I think that's a great point because you look at how many times he won with JP on the bag, right? Yeah. And like, you know, I'm sure it was still, you know, a similar relationship with JP where it was like, you know, show up and shut up. But I think that there had to have been more like he there. He had to have been more of like a help and maybe just earlier in Rory's career. That's what he thought he needed and then decided he didn't. But I think he does. Yeah. I mean, having a perfect fit with a caddy is just as important as having a perfect fit with your golf clubs. So guys, don't forget to go to Club Champion and get fit. You guys can use my code PAGE. And like I said, it's so important to have clubs that fit you, that you feel confident with, because it makes a really big difference um, in your game and shooting lower scores. Amanda, do you agree? I do agree. That was an incredible transition. Like you have some really good transitions into stuff and I love it. Like you've caught me off guard a few times on this pod where you've done stuff like that, where I was like, oh, what, what, what's like, what's she talking about now? Oh, she's, she's plugging club champion. Let's go. <laughs> transitions. You know what? Transitions are good. Ending a fucking episode. Impossible for me. Impossible. It is, yeah. I, I don't know why. Every Not for you time. just in general, Tard. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just can't, just can't do it. I mean, we have to like workshop some ideas where we can just wrap it up like quick and snappy because uh, the way I'm going, it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't hit right, you know? Yeah, because I feel like we always have like so much more that we could still talk about. So it's like kind of hard to be like, all right, bye. Bye, guys. Bye, Paige. You know, yeah, we like, want to just keep talking. It's tough to end stuff. Like I do the same thing on Twitch. Like I'll be, you know, I was streaming for like five hours with the live stuff. And by that point, as soon as the last punt sank, I'm like, bye. I got to go. I really appreciate everyone coming in here, but I'm I'm exhausted. Like I got to get out of here. Like, And you just don't really know how to end stuff. Like there's never a good, like easy, natural way to end stuff. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.